Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tree City Sports Podcast. I am your host, as per usual, Andrew Baker, here with my co-host, Graham Mullen. How's it going, Graham? What's going on, guys? It is a, another Browns podcast. It is the off-season for the Browns, but it doesn't mean it's the off-season for us when it comes to talking about... There is no off-season in the podcasting game. Well, especially when it comes to the Browns now. I mean, the Browns are the hottest ticket in town when it comes to Cleveland sports and... Yeah, there's never been an offseason for the Browns in terms of media in the first place, but now there's actual good stuff to talk about, not just, is it Tim Couch or Kelly Holcomb? Who's going to be the starter this year? Newest developments up next. I mean, you, as a Browns fan, you couldn't help but kind of be in awe of what the press conference at Odell Beckham when you saw Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and Miles Garrett. And who was the last person? Who am I forgetting? Oh, only QB1, Baker Mayfield. Oh, yeah, Baker Mayfield, yeah. We can talk about the press conference because... It was just so epic to see I those four I just players feel like, be like, all four of those guys play on our team. I know. Like, it is it it is weird. I just feel like we've seen so many press conferences after the draft where it's like, is this the next great quarterback? You know what I mean? And we've seen so many press conferences where the co- new coaches are introduced. And I feel like this is one of the first times where I look up there and I'm like, oh, shit. They're not playing around this time. Now I believe it. You know what I mean? They just have so much talent. And like you just saw those four guys, and that's not even including a Joe Schobert or a Larry Okanjobi or an Olivier Vernon or a Sheldon Richardson or a Joel Batonio or Or a Derek Willies. What? No. no. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Or just like all well, these or David Njoku or just all this talent that the Browns have amassed in two, less than two years. Didn't name any offensive linemen, huh? No love for those guys? I mean, it's, I know it's really just mean. Treader and yeah. Matonio um, at this point. We don't know anything about Corbett or Robinson. Or so Robert. I think, you know, the media is all talking about how Odell Beckham Jr. said the right things about playing in Cleveland. It's kind of like, what the hell is he supposed to say? He just went from a team that had a literal trash heap at quarterback <laughs> could, yeah. to going to playing with one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. And his best NFL. friend. And he plays with his best friend, and I, I and his you know, receivers coach, his personal. He's not going. He's coach. not going to go up there and say, "Man, getting traded from New York to Cleveland sucks," but at least I have a good quarterback. Of course not. What if is any, he supposed to say? If anything, but it's exciting is, either way. You know what I mean? If anything, this is the most ideal place for him to be, because you have Jarvis Landry in place where that's his best friend, and that's who is. Re- I think really Jarvis is the leader of the wide receiver locker it's room. It's contagious, bro. Don't you feel that way? I feel like he's the leader of the locker room. I mean, well, yeah, he was, the, he was really the only veteran. It's like him and Batonio. Last year, and he's and he's a guy who I think in Miami wanted to be a leader, and half the locker room hated him. And so here he's kind of has his, you know, his natural leadership So Beckham fit. doesn't have to worry so much about his being a leader, which is great. And on top of that, like I – I've stressed they have their personal wide receivers coach and the one that knows them the best. And they even said in the press conference that like he knows what makes them tick and knows how to get them to work and do stuff like that because he's known them since they were high school kids because he helped recruit them when they yeah. were in college. Well, so he knows everything about them. So that helps them as well and gives them a safe environment that they can both do well in. And also Odell can be boisterous because we have Baker Mayfield and Baker is crazy, but he is not so crazy that he can't. Be like, hey guys, calm down. Like he did that with Jarvis last year. Yeah, this is not Brady Quinn getting punched in the face in the locker room. This is, you know, much you, better. You know how epic it's going to be though if the Browns are up like twenty-one nothing early in the second quarter on a team and they're just mossing people in the yeah. middle of the field. Well, <laughs> they're just going to be trash talking. <laughs> the Browns have won a lot of press conferences over the years, and 
what I mean by that is they've looked really good when they're talking about playing football and they actually play football and it's not good. But I think this is the first time I've ever looked up, like you said, just looked at the four players on the podium and just been like, this is real. Like it's like part of my language, like, holy shit. I mean, shit. at this point, the Browns roster, as we know, is not complete. There are still holes, which we will discuss later and have discussed before. But, you know, we've talked about this and so has everyone else, but the Browns have legitimately. Do you think it's a top 10 roster in the league? I think it's right around there. And if not, it's, if, it's it definitely is. a top 10 most exciting. Whether it's top 10 best remains to be seen. I mean, I think on paper but, it is, but yeah, we yeah. don't know yet. The Browns did make a couple, you know, relatively minor moves since we've last talked. Emmanuel Ogba was traded for Sad. kind of an unknown safety in Eric Murray from the Chiefs. The Chiefs were a bad defense last year. Started nine games. Yeah. I, mean, I don't. His PFF grade was good, which was a lot better than Kindred's. He seems like a backup option at either safety spot, which is fine. He seems like an higher, an upgraded version of Kindred, yeah. which is it's, why they cut Kindred, which is the other part of this. Well, you know, last time we talked, you said that safety was our biggest need, and I said that I'd be okay with Derek Kindred starting the season. Yeah, and clearly, clearly John Dorsey doesn't like Derek Kindred because not only did he not even try and trade him, he just cut him outright. Yeah, he's just a third safety. Yeah. Um, he's just too Emmanuel small. Emmanuel Ogba didn't really work out in Cleveland. No. He had that great rookie season. What do you think happened to him after that, Graham? I think it was just injuries and the fact that he's a big guy. I, he doesn't have a lot of bend around the corner. He doesn't really have that, like, extra gear that you see Miles Garrett have where he can just, like, lower his entire body and get underneath somebody. He's more of a power guy, and he's a little bit more stiff in the hips. And I think he could have succeeded here, And I, but I think he just was a surplus of talent that we had, and we used it to acquire for a position of need. And Eric Murray – I don't know much about him, but if he can play like he did last year with uh, his effectiveness, he can be a good third safety. And if the Browns want to go three safeties, they can put him in there and feel like he can roam around the field potentially. I think value-wise, the Browns didn't get a lot for Agba, but I, you know, I don't think he had a lot of value after. I mean, not a lot of people want a defensive end coming off of like a what three sack season. Would you rather want? And I think I think you have to just trust that John Dorsey sees players and picks players that he like. And I mean, he really has not been wrong much for the Browns. I mean, we can talk about Chad Thomas later, but I think it's really if you want, do you want Ogba for Murray? Do you want Ogba for like a fourth round pick? Yeah, that's fourth round at best. Yeah. I would say I maybe think, a fifth or sixth. I think he could you could get a fourth from the Chiefs because they were a better team, so it'd be their later fourth yeah. round pick, perhaps. So that's not much. So I'm saying you either get the player, which is you, which is the proven en- entity, which I think is what John Dorsey did, because late in the fourth round, you don't know what you're going to get. And the Browns needed depth in the secondary and still do, which yeah. we'll talk about. I think – I don't know what really happened to Agba. Obviously, I don't you know, know him personally. He was injured a lot too. I mean, he looked as – a, as a rookie, like he could be an explosive pass rusher. And I think, as you said, he kind of bulked up maybe to play more defensive line – and do you think he's a guy that would fit as a 3-4 defensive end, or do you think he's not quite that big? He's because, not big because enough, yeah. In my mind – He's like 275. He's in my like mind, he was basically playing like a 3-4 defensive end, where he's occupying blockers and kind of just being a run stuffer. That's not really a fit in a 4-3 scheme as a starter. Well, I mean, there are such there are such defensive ends in a 4-3 scheme that do have a lot of just run-stopping responsibilities. It's a little bit of a, more of an older thing. I think five years ago, Ogbo would have been a very valuable starter for a team because of his ability – to run defend, he's really good, and we and that didn't change this year when he played. He's a really good run defender when he when he plays. So it's really well, you nice just to think see. in the more passing oriented NFL defensive ends and four three schemes are now required to be pass rushers unless if they're going to be starters. But at this point, basically, and I right? think also in his contract year, I think he wanted to go somewhere too. He wasn't going to be the starter here. He was, well, yeah. was going to get backup snaps. 
how do you really want to get 30% of the snaps in a year where you're trying to make money? Whereas when he goes to Kansas city, there's not that much depth there outside of Chris Jones. Yeah. He'll really, be the, he'll be the third defensive end there, but the two defensive ends ahead of him are he not. He could start a defensive end because Chris Jones is inside. He's a defensive tackle and they got rid of Justin Houston. So anything's possible. And well, the Chiefs have a terrible defense, even worse than the Browns' defense was last year. Which the Browns at least have individually talented players on yeah. defense. And I mean, and then we kept adding to the secondary. We signed Morgan Burnett, which I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I predicted that on Twitter the day that he was rumored to be getting cut from I mean, the Steelers. I don't think it's that big of a surprise, but touche. Oh, you mean a former John former, Dorsey player coming John back Dorsey to play player, for John Dorsey yeah. is not a big shock? And he's like what thirty. It's a good fit, is my point. He's a good stopgap option. He can play strong safety, and then he can be even, even be a nickel or dime linebacker. He, yeah, I think he's a he's good athletic fit. athletic enough. In that he can guard tight ends and running backs. You know, we've got Demarius Randall, who's kind of our center fielder, so to speak. And I think the Browns needed – I think the, the Browns' number one need on defense, other than depth, was tackling. I mean, the Browns were not a good tackling team last year. No. And I think – I think it Early was, in the year they were, but they struggled later. Yeah, I think it was easy to look at the Browns' defense last year and think they were better than they were just because you look at the individual names and the production by some of those guys like Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett, and you say, oh, they have all this high-end talent on defense, which they do. But I think if you look at the numbers last year, the Browns' defense was pretty poor. And I think – I think they just got more disciplined later in the season. Yeah, well, and I think, I think that the Browns having a legitimately good offense for the first time in God knows how long – kind of covered up some of the defensive deficiencies because we're winning game. The Browns were winning games. And it's like, Oh my God, you saw the games but when we couldn't put up the points. Browns were not a very yeah. good tackling team last year. And I think Morgan Burnett is, if anything, a really solid tackle. Yeah, he's a downhill. He's a in the more in the box guy, but he can guard running backs and tight ends. Yeah. He's probably not a really, he probably can't like hang with Alvin Kamara's of the world. No, not many people can, but he can yeah. probably hang with the guys, most guys coming out of the backfield and handle what tight ends running over the middle of the field, which in the Browns division, Tight ends are a big, are a big, big thing. I mean, especially if you're playing the Ravens, where they're going to. Yeah, there's no, there's no more Le'Veon Bell either. Yeah, but still, you're going to be guarding James Conner. Yeah. coming out of the back. James Conner's more of a big guy than a fast guy, but though. he, but he's a good pass catcher. Yeah. Or Joe Mixon. Yeah, Joe Mixon's electric. So I mean, you, that's it's a good fit for the division. And well, and the Browns were a bad rushing defense last year, and Burnett should help with that. Yeah, the Browns need more, and the Browns could still use some extra help, which we'll get to. But Morgan Burnett will certainly help the run defense because I think the Browns' pass defense played kind of over their head last year in terms of how well they played. I don't know if we can expect the same thing from Terrence Mitchell and EJ and uh, TJ Carey as much as I like them, but uh, it's just, it'll be interesting to see, but Morgan Burnett will be good for the safeties. He's a good signing because you're not locking up long-term money. Yeah. You're and not, you're, you're, not you're not taking money away from guys like, you know, Garrett, Randall, Schobert. He'll for, for sure the, make the previous the years, but he's, well, he'll be the starter. I would imagine yeah. he'll be on the team for at least one year. Yeah. It was a two year, $9 million deal, but it's fully guaranteed for the first year. So he'll be on the team this year. And then if for some reason he gets hurt or something, he played poorly yeah. last year, but that mostly seems to be because he was played out of scheme in Pittsburgh. Yeah. The Steelers and, don't and, have, don't have to use. And at 30, he's not old. So I think it was a good fit and it's a pretty cheap deal. I mean, I know we know that's in the box safeties aren't exactly, a premium position in the NFL, but the Browns needed to improve their tackling. That's another Dorsey thing. Yeah, the Browns needed to improve their tackling. They needed a, uh, a starting safety, and there it is. So I think it makes and a lot Eric of sense. And Eric Murray, by the way, also a Dorsey player. Of he course. He also was taken by Dorsey when he was in Kansas City. Oh, yeah. So a lot of these things he knows. Then, by God, the second best news after OBJ. Look, guys, if you thought one star quarterback wasn't enough. Star quarterback. Here comes number two. For your, wasn't it Orlando Apollos? Uh, it was something. In of the, the now defunct AAF. Yeah. Rest in peace to AAF. Garrett Gilbert, he has signed with the Browns. He's 
not it's a non guaranteed contract, and he'll come in to compete as the backup. I don't think he'll stay if uh, if he doesn't make as the backup because they have Drew Stanton as the third quarterback, and I think he's pretty much safe in his role. You are correct. There's the Orlando Apollos of yeah. the Amer- AAF. The now defunct AAF. Yes, rest in peace. But he was doing really well there. He had thrown, he had like 125 quarterback rating down the field. Looked like he had done better and getting, improving his delivery and things like that. Went to the same high school as Baker Mayfield. I watched a couple of the highlight stuff of these games. Just to, I didn't want to watch the games, but I saw the highlights. And he, oh, you don't want to watch full AAF games? No. Uh, they, he threw it pretty well, though. I won't, I'll give him that. But Graham, America loves football. How could they not love the AAF? It was Trent Richardson was in the AAF. That's all I needed and to so hear. Is Johnny Garrett Manziel. Gilbert's a competition option. I, I like you said, the Browns will probably. My guess is draft another quarterback just to be competition for him for the backup role. And also, Drew Stanton is still here, like you said. Ideally, Drew Stanton's your third I think he's locked in as your third quarterback. Yeah, I think sure. he makes a team as long as he's able to physically be able to walk around. For sure. Um, there is one other potential transaction for the Browns, and that is Duke Johnson, who... Not potential. He'll be gone at some point. Perhaps. Um, you know, the Browns signed Kareem Hunt, which we've discussed at length, and that doesn't leave a whole lot of a role for Duke Johnson at this point. Who, First half of the season he would. And the thing then, is, you know, yeah. Duke Johnson was pretty much the Browns' only playmaker for about a year there. Yeah, and he, when we were really bad. Yeah, he's he's now requested a trade from the Browns, and I don't blame him because he's not going to have much of a role after the first eight games. And even last year, when there was a need for, you know, a creator out of the backfield behind Nick Chubb as a pass catcher, the Browns really only used – Duke Johnson for one or two games properly. He never really got going last year for whatever reason. But I think he's a valuable player who, you know, he's getting paid premium for a backup running back, but he's more of a... I could see some contenders that need a pass catching back, yeah. though, being interested. Like, I I think a really good fit for him would be the Eagles. Yeah. Because they just traded for Jordan Howard, too. And if you had Jordan Howard and Duke Johnson as your backfield, that's pretty impressive. I would not assume the Browns will trade him because, like we said, Kareem Hunt's out eight games. So they may just play Duke Johnson and say, we'll trade you after the season, deal with it. And if that's the case, then here's how you'll know you if know, the draft goes by and nothing, and he's still on the team, he's going to be on the team. I would agree. Yeah. If the draft goes in and in the fourth or fifth round, we tr- draft a running back or we trade him before we draft a running back. That'll tell you we're drafting a running. Back. Yeah, I would agree with that. What do you think Duke Johnson's value is in terms of I think the highest you get is a fourth for him? Yeah, I don't, I'm not even sure you're getting that. I think maybe you. Could, I think from a good team, I think you could maybe trade Duke in a seventh and get like a fifth rounder or something like that. I think you could use him to move up in day two for the Browns if you want. If you're at forty nine and there's a good player at like thirty four or thirty five, you want to move up to. I think Duke and forty nine could be enough probably to move that, especially for a team that needs a pass catcher. I don't think a team's giving up an early second round pick for a mid to late second round pick for Duke because I don't think NFL teams value players like that, especially running backs. I think it but I do think I do think if you were going from forty nine to like forty ish maybe, but at this point we're splitting hairs, I suppose, right? The point is he'll be traded for likely either a draft pick or as another part player. of a package to move up. In the or draft. he'll be traded for another player. Yeah, a depth option, yeah. Like, I could see him being traded for, like, a linebacker or something. Yeah, I could see it. Because that's a one If a team needs. has a surplus and needs some playmaking. Yeah. Um, We do have more to talk about with the Browns. We'll talk about whether the Browns' needs have changed demonstratively since our last podcast and maybe where we would rather find those needs. But first, we will be right back. And we are back. So, 
as we teased before the ad break, the Browns' have needs have kind of changed a little bit. You know, the Morgan Burnett signing at least plugs a hole at safety for the short term. Um, cutting Kindred and getting Eric Murray is pretty much a wash. Garrett Gilbert, stud quarterback, means we no longer have any need there. In fact, we should probably just trade Baker Mayfield. Yeah. And potentially Duke Johnson. So I think our needs have only changed a little bit. I think outside linebacker, secondary depth, potentially a backup quarterback, interior defensive line, another edge, and backup running back is probably the most important uh, things we're needing here. So draft or a free agent? For outside linebacker, go. I'd say probably signing, just because outside linebacker, the draft's not that deep this year. If we had still had our pick without Odo Beckham, then maybe we could have traded up for like Devin Bush out of Michigan. But yeah, it's not happening. Those guys are going top 10, top 15, worst, worst case. And the rest of the linebacker class is really not that good. So I'd say I would definitely say sign one if you can. Yeah, I think, um, I think ideally the Browns. Or trade for one. Well, or trade for one. I think if that's a that's the third option. Yeah, I would be okay with trading for one for sure, especially if it's Duke Johnson involved. But I think the draft would be ideal because the Browns need a long term option there, and the Browns, you know, you've got you've got Kirksey at one outside spot, and you've got Schobert at the inside spot. I think Adarius Taylor could be an option to start outside, but that's certainly not ideal. You don't want Avery starting at yeah, an you don't want, linebacker. You don't, you don't want Ray Ray Armstrong starting either. Yeah. I think that you know Taylor's probably your your backup option if nothing else works out. And I think, like I said, in the draft, I think the number one need and probably the only starting major need the Browns have left is outside linebacker. And they have a yeah. pick in the second round. If there's a guy they like that, like you said, maybe they can package the pick to move up with Duke Johnson to get a guy, that would be absolutely fantastic. But at this point, I think for the Browns to get a good value outside linebacker in the draft, they would have to trade so many assets to get up into the top 15 of the draft because that's the linebacking core. in the middle. The linebacking core drops off after the Devins, Devin White out of LSU and Devin Bush out of Michigan. Well, the Browns don't need a star, though. They just need a solid starter. And I know you're not guaranteed to find a solid starter if you're yeah, getting a rookie. Yeah, a lot of these guys but, are role players is yeah. the thing. Yeah. Two down outside linebackers. Such. Either two downs or just guys that are really raw. So yeah. just really I think depends. ideally you'd find an outside linebacker in the draft, but that just depends on you know, the front office's evaluation of who's in the draft. I don't think there's a starter out there in free agency right now. I'll say we that. We should have signed Jordan Hicks, like I said in the last yeah. podcast. Well, Four years, 34 for him. Come yeah. on. Uh, secondary depth, what are you looking at for that? I mean, I think we definitely just – I think at this point – I could say both. I think at this point, we it depends on what you want. We could use like a free safety cornerback hybrid, kind of like a uh, – Breon Body Calhoun? Like a Minka Fitzpatrick. Maybe not that talented, but – because Body Calhoun had, that was, wasn't really proven at free safety. He had played it, but we don't really know. We need someone who's a little bit more high-end like that. And there are some guys in this draft, so I think you could still sign people – and you could still sign people, but if I had to pick, I'd say obviously draft just for the cheaper, the cheaper uh, investment. But also a lot of these guys in the second, third round, I think the Browns that would be what I would target if I was the Browns in the second and third rounds is if a Taylor Rapp from Washington or a Darnell Savage is there for, from Maryland is there at forty nine, I'd definitely take it because those guys can play both safety positions, and that would be great for the uh, the Browns. So that way they could just have a backup guy at both positions. Because if Randall gets hurt, you don't really have anyone else that can play over the top. I think if you look at your five starters in the secondary, which I'm counting three cornerbacks as starters, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got five solid starters. You've got Randall, 
and Bur- uh, Morgan Burnett at safety. You've got Ward. You've got Mitchell. Mitchell's on the outside. And you've got TJ Carey. Carey the and that's, not, that's a solid five guys. But behind them, Nothing. there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of really young guys. So I think – and plus Burnett is older and Carey and Mitchell have both had injury problems. So I think if you're the Browns, you still need long-term starters. And you could take a corner. The, yeah, the Browns yeah, yeah. still need a long-term starter at, at safety and at cornerback. You could take a corner right now. They have they corner. have current starters. They need long-term starters, and they need depth for the season. So I think second and third round is definitely a time where the Browns are going to take a safety and or a corner, maybe both. I don't know. It wouldn't shock but it's definitely me. one of the two. Yeah, and I think I think if the Browns see a veteran they like that can kind of be like a hybrid role, like you mentioned, they could sign a guy to a one or two year deal. But I think definitely the draft, this is the secondary is probably where the most draft capital will be spent for the Browns this year. If I had to guess, I would say the Browns, the first two picks are a corner in the second round and a safety in the third. Because the safety class is deep enough in the, in the corner class, it kind of drops off after the second round corners. So I could definitely see them going for a second round, a corner in the second round, or maybe even trading up into the early second round to secure one if one falls. I doubt that'll happen. I don't think you're going to get like a Byron Murphy from Washington, but he's also small. The Browns need bigger guys. Yeah. The Browns need another big guy because you can't have two small guys fighting on the outside because you're going to endure a lot of big guys. Yeah. The Browns need a bigger corner to line up. And you have to anticipate your division every time too. Yeah. The Browns need a bigger corner to line up alongside Denzel Ward for the future. Yeah. I think the defensive line, obviously the Browns still need depth there. They need one more interior, I think, defensive line. I think it's a draft. Yeah. Because you're looking at Sheldon Richardson, he's not a long-term starter. Third or fourth round, I think. Just one that you could like a young guy from maybe a small school that no one noticed. Like I like Kalen Saunders a lot in like the third round. Yeah, he's kind of a Twitter star. He's just like he's a really good guy that can rush the passer. He's a little bit undersized, but he's really disruptive. He kind of reminds me, like I said, Larry Okunjobi. Yeah. So if you can get another guy like him. Remember, Okunjobi played, or Okunjobi, whatever you say. Some people say one or the other. He went to a school where there wasn't even football until he went there his first year. And now he's become a really good NFL player that could potentially become better. So maybe that happens for Kalen Saunders. But yeah, one more guy just so that way you can rotate. And also, like you said, Richardson's not going to be here forever. So you get a guy that can rotate now and then be developed and play meaningful snaps. So that way in three years when Richardson's not here anymore or two years when he's not here anymore, they can take over. Yeah, depending on what you think of Chad Thomas, the Browns definitely need a developmental defensive end, and I think Chad yeah. Thomas is likely a bust. They're talking about getting him some playing time in the preseason this year and seeing if he's progressed, which only the Browns coaches know. But, you know, I think... Hopefully he's been working out. The Browns have Chris Smith and Zettel, who I think are both very capable backup defensive ends. So yeah. I think there could be room for a deve- developmental guy, but I don't really see a lot of a veteran being needed there right now. Yeah. Um, backup running back. Would you prefer the draft or... A free agent. Oh, I'll sure. tell you what I prefer. It's, oh, draft. Yeah, I'd prefer draft. draft is sure because the Browns don't There's need – way more dynamic guys in this draft yeah. than there are out in free agency yeah. that don't have a lot of mileage on them. And free agent running backs just don't have value in the NFL because like you said, guys get drafted, they get miles on them, and they don't really get played a lot after that. Like, That's kind of how it goes. We're Marshawn Lynch when we have Kareem Hunt. Marshawn that would, Lynch. Kareem Hunt and Marshawn Lynch on the same team. Yeah. No, but um, – I, I Yeah, the Browns definitely have a need for a running back because – I think fourth, fifth round, you'll see the Browns go after a running yep, back. To, that yep. can be a backup to Chubb, and if Chubb for some reason gets hurt, they can take over and be a pass-catching back that can also run a little bit. Yeah, the Browns, depending on whether they trade Duke Johnson, it, it, depend, it could depend on that, which, like you said, you expect them to, I, I think, probably, but not for sure. If they don't trade Duke Johnson, 
I think I think you still take I think one. you should draft a guy that can handle every down, you know, or at least two down back. That way, if Chubb gets hurt, you have insurance. But I think if you trade Duke Johnson, you can draft more of a, you know, one or two down type of back that can fill a role at least until Cream Hunt comes back. I definitely think the one you, if I was a Browns, I would draft a running back that can pass catch a little bit just because Chubb is developing in that, but that's not a strength. Yeah. And if you're trading Duke Johnson, you're going to lose that. And, and without Cream Hunt for the first eight games, you're going to need that because Cream Hunt's great at it when he's playing, but he won't be there yet. Yeah. I like Dontrell Hilliard to a point. I mean, he's not necessarily a guy you want playing a lot of snaps, but he does have some ability to catch the ball. I'll tell you the guy I like, uh, the one guy I like. I like Justice Hill. He's a running back of Oklahoma State. He's undersized, but he weighs like 210. He's really shifty. He's not like super fast, but he's a good pass catcher and he's shifty. So I think he could be someone that could ha- – and he w- handled a workload a lot at Oklahoma State. So I think he could be someone that could definitely handle a workload if need be, and you could get him in the fourth or fifth round. I think lastly, backup quarterback is clearly a draft need. There aren't really any quarterbacks available that are good. You know, I mean, Garrett Gilbert, Derek Anderson. I don't know what the Browns think about Garrett Gilbert. I'm guessing they just want to throw him in there and see what happens. I think they'll draft one in the fifth or sixth yeah. round with one of their multiple picks on day three, and they need they need to develop a long term backup quarterback ideally. Because if you have a guy on your roster who you're comfortable with as your backup quarterback, you don't have to spend five or six million dollars on a free agent backup quarterback veteran. Because until someone else comes, maybe comes calling for. Right, right. And you have to start, but I mean, you have at least three or four years. And I think looking at the Browns going forward, one thing that they're going to have to do is be efficient with the way they spend their money. Because right now they have all this cap room, and you've seen all the signings they've made in the trades. But going forward, we've mentioned it before; they've got to pay the young guys soon. And going forward, the Browns are going to have to really decide where they can spend money. And I think backup quarterback is a spot where the Browns can go through, you know, some guys in the draft and try and find a guy they're comfortable with. Because also. The Browns are at a point where, for the first time in a long time, if the starter gets hurt, that could tank your whole season. The Browns have goals and playoff aspirations, and you have to have a guy who at least can keep you know the ship afloat if Baker Mayfield gets hurt. Yeah. I think a lot of Browns fans expect this team to win maybe double-digit games, which is not a crazy expectation. Vegas has them at 9.5, and, and they have the Steelers at 9.5 as well. I mean, like I said in the last podcast, this division is going to be absolutely crazy with the top three teams because I really do think all three teams are going to come out swinging and it's going to be a fight, I think, probably until the very end. It wouldn't shock me if the schedule, when the schedules come out, you see one of those teams playing each other in week 17. Can you imagine week 17 Steelers Steelers at Browns with a playoff? With the division on the line? Imagine if they were tied with the division on the line. I can only imagine. But that's about it for today. Just kind of a quick little Browns check-in. Uh, Graham and Olam will have a Champions League Red and Blue podcast coming up soon. Yeah. How did your Champions League match go today, Graham? Graham's a, a Man City fan. They lost. They lost. I was entertained because Graham was sad. That's how yeah, these things work. You. They'll have more Red and Blue this week. We're, we're also going to have a Cavs kind of season wrap-up podcast within the next week. The Cavs' last uh, game of the season is tonight. Sexton! Yeah, Colin Sexton is like, you know, not bad at some stuff while still really terrible other stuff. But yeah. you know what? Not bad at some stuff is a pretty big pretty big upgrade for him. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk a lot about the Cavs and individual players and the overall outlook and the fact that Larry Drew, you know, fingers crossed here, has only one more game to go, but he survived without having a heart attack. That's true. So we'll be back soon. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it, and we will talk to you guys next time. Peace. Peace.